Hello, podcast listeners, episode 66, the Access Potential Podcast, Monday, 23rd of March. Okay, a lot happening at the moment, some big changes in the small business landscape. As of today, coronavirus sweeping the country has swept through a lot of the world, a lot of shifts in policy. As of today, a lot of the people that I work with are no longer able to operate business as usual. These spaces are closed. Uh, Non-essential service businesses are closed. Now, of course, this is not going to be forever, but this is a very difficult time. There's a lot of reaction. There's a lot of response. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of adjustments as businesses look to continue to serve, continue to provide value for the people that they work with, the people that they love, their audience, their clients, their tribe, their members. Now, I talk a lot about this concept of nervous system. I'm not going to go into it too much here, but I've mentioned this before. When these bigger changes come in, it could be at an individual level or as a cultural level, and we try to adapt to this stimulus or change This adaptation needs to take place at the nervous system level. So stress, tension, all of this is felt deep within us quite often. Uh, It could be training, it could be a good stimulus, or it could be something that we're going through like at the moment. Uh, And we need to adapt to this. We need to recover and become aware of this and allow ourselves to adjust to be able to operate at our full potential. I talked about this a little bit earlier in the year when we had the bushfires. You know, there's a lot of smoke around, obviously. This was something that impacted the entire country. It was omnipresent. And again, at that time, there was a lot of tension uh, at the collective level in our nervous systems, individually and as a collective, as a group, as a tribe. And you could feel it's tangible. And we're in the same place right now. Of course, this is compounded because it's at a global level. So while we may not be directly impacted by what's happening, this is something bigger than us. So this stress, this tension is felt across the whole group, across the crew, and that has implications. And what we need to recognize is that when we're looking to pivot, create opportunity to adjust, we want to be doing it from a stable, sound nervous system. So when we're in this moment of tension, We need to bring awareness to that. We need to come back to the breathing. We need to come back to our tools to become more embodied and to quieten down that default mode network and relax into this because from there we can create more powerfully, right? From there we can adjust. So if you're listening to this right now, you know, we're three minutes in and all of this is just happening, just take this opportunity. Let's just breathe into this. Take a couple of breaths in through the nose and out through the nose. Just be a little bit slower at this time, a little bit more patient. So the episode today, I've got Adam Sellers, freediver, meditation teacher. He's a good friend. Uh, We're doing some cool projects together. I thought he'd be a great person to get on. Uh, He's got some really cool insights. Plus, he's funny and just a really great guy to chat to and connect with. So we're going to talk about all things tension, stress, business, nervous system, and look at some stuff that you can do, some stuff that you can uh, implement today. So I'm just going to get stuck into it. Here we go. Episode 66, Access Potential Podcast. You're listening to John Marsh. 
Let's get. Let's try this. Is that yeah, better? Yeah, oh, that's yeah, way yeah. better. Wait. I don't know which one's that. <laughs> <laughs> which one? I'm going to leave this on the podcast. Just <laughs> don't ask me anything technical. Just if you want to relax and do a little bit better in business, then maybe. But yeah. not technical. Okay, that's better. Um. Okay. Let's, uh, how's your battery? Cause that'll dictate, I can go to uh, audio only if you want. Nah, mate, I think I've got, yeah, I've got 74%. So okay. battery's yeah, let's, cool. It should be it. sweet. Okay. So, um, we've got Adam here. We're at episode 66 on the podcast. And for those listening, uh, we had Adam on back around episode. I don't know. I didn't even check. I think it was about 30 or 40 or somewhere around there. And wow. You've been busy. Yeah, I've been, I've been busy. <laughs> and so quick context is we, we had this great episode, found out a little bit about Adam's story, go back and check that one out to kind of get the origin story. And then I really resonated. And so we created, I, I, I reached out soon afterwards. One thing led to another. Adam Co facilitated for a session at the APA end of year event, the Access Potential Academy end of year event which is really cool. Bunch of business owners. I think we had like 17 people in a swimming pool doing um, basically an overview on some of the free diving and, and breathing concepts and talking about stress and talking about tension. Uh, now that Cody, who has also been on the podcast and myself, we're creating a, a long form documentary, which we haven't talked a lot about. Um, that's, also featuring Adam as well. So we've got some really cool stuff happening and I just love your work and what you're doing, the change that you're making for the culture, Adam, and especially in a time like this. And I, I almost kind of hate saying those words because every second thing on the internet now is around times like these. And, you know, there's always some form of chaos in life. So, you know, I think it's, um, it's, it's relevant, but it's also something that's always important, you know, what you do. So where do you want to start? What's, what's happening for you now? You're in quarantine. Tell us a little bit about <laughs> your last couple of months. <clears throat> so I've run two retreats since your one, actually. And uh, the last one was in Bali and super lucky to actually have it uh, go ahead because, you know, I only got back on the 17th. Um, and when I left, you know, coronavirus was there, but there wasn't a lot of chat about it here in Australia anyway. And, you know, overseas hadn't really blown up. It was still kind of a, you know, a, really everyone was just talking about China still. So, you know, when we left, uh, a few people said to me, oh, are you sure you should be going? And, one person on the retreat said, Adam, you know, are we still okay to do this retreat? And I actually had a doctor uh, on the retreat. And so I, I just put the message to him because I had a group chat with all of these people who are doing the free diving and meditation and yoga retreat. And I just said to him, I was like, mate, can you put everyone's mind at ease? And he said, look, the flu is going to kill more people, um, blah, 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 blah. And, and basically said, look, it's going to be fine. And uh, so we all went. And the great thing is, is that this location that we do it in uh, is, is called Ahmed in Bali. And it's, it's three or four hours out of mainstream Bali. And so you really don't get any news. So for, you know, between five to 10 days, um, 
just we just didn't know you know like we were just we were just free diving we were just doing meditation in the morning we we're doing yoga in the afternoon and we we're just having a ball and uh so we had two basically retreats we had one which was for just you know everyone and then we had one which was for people who wanted to become instructors so the people who just came for the fun um they went back and then all of a sudden started filtering some news back to us like hey guys you may want to think about coming back you may want to think about this you know borders might be closed and you know there's no toilet paper and I was like, why would there be no toilet paper? I don't understand this out of everything. You know, yeah. doomsday prepping and everyone's taking toilet paper. And so, you know, I ran the rest of my retreat. I was like, do you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll deal with Australia when we get there. Um, you know, I felt like it would be a bit of a media beat up. And, uh, and so afterwards, I also had some days where I was just kind of cruising. I went to a, an island called Gilly Tea, which is a... a, a famous um, free diving island as well and uh just quickly like for context is that are these good for free diving because it's clear deep like why did you what's what's the purpose of going over there yeah so bali has ac access to really deep water really close to shore super deep super clear um, you can kick just offshore and yeah. it's it's just really easy diving. You don't need boats. You don't need any of this sort of stuff. And so, you know, for Australia, it's, it's a really great experience for us because, you know, we don't, we don't get access to depth close to shore in a safe environment. Um, so this is like, for us, it's close and it's basically our best option. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, so yeah, we was at Gilly tea and then all of a sudden, you know, like I, I went to go for a little, surf one day and this Aussie guy's like freaking out and he's like, Oh man, I'm booking my flight. So I was going to go, go uh, get a boat out to another surf break and I've got to cancel. And, and I'm like, why, why are you stressing out? Man? Like what's going on? He's like, Oh yeah, you haven't heard. Like Australia's probably going to shut the borders and we're going to be stuck here. And I was like, well, there's worse places to be stuck, mate. We have a reef break right there. We have deep water there. We're on a tropical Island. Uh, there's coconuts in the trees that we can live off. Like, man, like I reckon I'd be okay being stuck here. But it was the first time I kind of went like, wow, people, there's, there's actually something going on. Um, mm. I don't know what it is. So I just uh, flew back into Australia on like the 17th and, and um, you know, went through customs and, and the guy at the customs thing just goes, hey, mate, you understand you've got to self-quarantine for 14 days? And I was like... Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. He goes, cool, mate. <laughs> I just walked on in. And so, yeah, I've been uh, at my place, which once again, there's worse places to be. It's on the Sunshine Coast. I can see the water. Uh, it's pelting with rain now, but uh, it's been great. But uh, it's been probably one of the best times in terms of productivity, working on myself, um, getting some routine and uh, it's just been a really good time because I've been forced to just sit and work and, you know, even reach out to people that I haven't reached out to in a long time. And like even th this here, what we're doing here is, is basically 
due to me being in isolation and kind of, you know, us having a chat and me just going and you asking good questions and me just vomiting information at you. Mm. Uh, and, you know, the great thing about yourself, John, is that, you know, when you, you just go, this is some information that needs to be out there. And, you know, one mm-hmm. of the things that I've done uh, in through this isolation that I've, I've never even dreamed about doing was I just started making videos, positive videos, trying to counteract the negativity and the fear. And I've just started loading them up on YouTube and all the rest of it, which really wasn't me. Like I thought, I'll leave that for people that are good at it and, you know, have the sound and all that stuff that works. And then I just went, I don't think it has to be perfect. So I just started doing some positive videos and putting them out on my network and, and I've had some really good response. So, yeah, it's, um, it's wild. Cause I was in, I was on great Barrier Island in New Zealand, uh, until, the what was it it was close uh i was back in australia on the on the 14th 13th sometime around then so so only a couple of days before you and i remember being over there which again similar paradise right Mm. and Mm. seeing what was going on going oh uh, i think there's going to be some panic buying or whatever and then saw that it was like toilet paper and all this and it was just just wild, you know, when you see it from afar, um, in a place that's so different. Uh, but then, yeah, you, you know, it must've been only a day or two difference for you. Yeah. So, I mean, we, I literally got out of Gilly T. They were going to shut down Gilly T. Uh, one of my mates stayed behind who's a free diver and, um, he got the last boat out of there. So, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, all of our borders are shut. Um, you know, I, I really do feel sorry for for places like that, though. Um, third world countries like Bali, who who don't manufacture anything, yeah, don't don't have agriculture. Uh, they really just live off us tourists. Those countries are going to go into some serious. Uh, panic and fear and, and it's going to, you know, hopefully this doesn't last that long because otherwise it's going to go really bad because they won't have access to food and, and some of the essentials that we'll still have access to. So, you know, I, I hope for their sake, it's going to be all right. But, you know, anyway, in terms of moving on, it's, you know, since coming back, I, I just, it's, it's been crazy to see a first world country and, and, Anyone, like I'm 35 and I've never experienced actual uh, a feeling of, is this going to be okay? Like we live in a country and they call Australia the lucky country. You know, we live in a country where even in the GFC, like we, we were pretty much unscathed, you know, mm. like we got through it. But that was my first experience with like, oh, maybe things aren't going to be okay. And then we got through the GFC. And, you know, bird flu and swine flu and all these, you know, mad cow's disease and stuff. We, we really, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like it ever really hit uh, mm. Australia either. So we're in a position now where I think we're a country that have actually, apart from war, uh, that is actually now going, oh, we're, we're not just some island that's so far away and we can't be touched. So now let's panic. Now let's like all be in fear and the media are jumping on like every, like 
nothing else is going on in Australia now. It's usually like, oh, someone, you know, unfortunately has been, uh, you know, stabbed in the city or there's a, there's a car crash on the M1 and like there's nothing going on outside mm. of coronavirus now. It's, mm. it's like all crime, all stuff that you usually hear reported, which once again is that kind of fear mongering, that's all gone because it's not getting the ratings. People just want to hear about the coronavirus. Yeah, I think um, there was a couple of things that you mentioned earlier that I wanted to talk about. And I think you're leading into it now. One being, uh, well, you mentioned 2008. Um, obviously, one thing, you know, when I was in New Zealand, where I saw the first signs of like the panic buying was on Instagram stories. Mm. So the, the mm. speed at which the comms, the communication can go sideways one news outlet becomes 20 if it's something that's viral. Mm. And then all of a sudden it seems to be, plus we're plugged into it in the pocket, you know, so to speak relative to back then. Mm. Mm. My question for you is um, because I think a lot of people are dealing with this, right? Mm. And I'm just going to kind of go straight in. We can see where it goes. We pick up this narrative around the fear or the thing being bad or whatever it might be. And it creates this kind of tension, right? And yep. what seems to happen is if we get ourselves into the stress state as a culture and as an individual, we, we then look for more data to confirm more, more information, more news, more media to confirm that perception, whatever it may be. So when you said before, you know, this has been a really productive time for you to be in isolation. I'm interested in that because I think for a lot of people, this is not a productive time at all. They're, they're maybe not at work or they're working from home. But when you're in a stress state or when there's a lot of tension, it can be very, very hard to focus, to, you know, to work productively, to do things that matter, you know. Can you talk a little bit about that, how you've navigated that? What are you finding from your end? And, and sorry for walking around. It's just actually got a bit cold here. I've just got a blankie. Um, <laughs> it's like torrential rain and there's wind coming over my back. It just got freezing all of a sudden. Um, so, yeah, the, the thing with, um, and I talk about, uh, this this concept of, of called amygdala hijacking, um, and, and you've heard me talk about this, which is tied in with our limbic system and like all of our fight and flight and all the rest of it. And like the, the amygdala is is quite a it's quite a reactive part of our brain, which um, holds memory also of things that it doesn't like. So um, it has a memory of something. Uh, like, and I've, I speak about it quite a bit, like road rage. It has this memory of road rage. And so when someone cuts you off in the traffic, instead of being able to use the front part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex and go, oh, do you know what? Yes, that car should have indicated on the roundabout, but it's going to be okay. I'll survive this. It's held me up five seconds, but I'll move on and I'll drive around the next corner and maybe someone will indicate there and that'll be really nice. And uh, I'll get to my workplace or I'll get home and it'll be sweet. When we are too reactive and we let our kind of our patterns and our memories of things uh, that aren't ideal in terms of how we perceive them to be ideal, like with, which is what's happening at the moment, um, 
we get this hijacking and we don't have the ability to a think logically, but then it, it also inhibits our creativity and our ability to think outside the box mm. um, or think of other ways or other things that we can do. I mean, I'm not immune. Don't like for listeners out there. Like I came back here in isolation. I had three courses um, fully booked for March all cancelled because of isolation. Uh, next month, I was going back to the Killsby sinkhole, um, which John is, uh, was lucky enough to see, which is just an amazing place. Um, that's cancelled. So, uh, and I've even got a trip into Tonga in October where the people were New Zealanders and they just packed up and left and said, sorry, Adam, um, we're not going to be able to do this. There's nothing here in Tonga for us. We're going back to New Zealand to the safety, right? So which is fine. They've got a family as well. So please don't take this as like, oh, your business isn't like mine. Like my business is being affected. Mm, um, I think, I think, yeah, I think we all, I think everybody at some point is affected. Will by be this. affected somehow. Yeah. So I just wanted to clear that up because, you know, I, I in the past have sometimes looked at people and, and gone like, oh yeah, but you know, your, your business is probably doing well. Um, it's going to be a struggle for everyone. But what, what I have done, is and you've heard me talk about this a lot the, the controller controllables um I, I i picked that up off um one of the australian swim coaches um to be honest a guy called chris and uh he just constantly hammered his swimmers who were world world-class athletes on controller controllables controller controllables controller controllables and i just thought what else is there do you know what I mean? Most of the time, especially in Western culture, what gets us down are the uncontrollables. So I've had people, because uh, I'm putting out these positive videos, right? And people like to be negative sometimes. Um, they like to have this victim mentality. So I'm putting out these positive videos and then I'm getting people just like hammering me and emailing me and messaging me and saying like, it's irresponsible. What are you doing? Like, this is serious. Like, what the hell? And in fact, I actually had a phone call with someone where I just said to them, do you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to find a cure for the coronavirus. It's not going to happen from yours truly. Uh, I'm not going to come up with a vaccine. In fact, the one subject that I was really poor at in school was science and biology and chemistry and all that sort of stuff. So, you're no Don't good to looking. us, really. Yeah, I'm not, I am no good to the population <laughs> right now, except yeah. for maybe some positive videos. Um, yeah. So, so I just said to him, like, like, man, why, why should I worry about this? Mm. And you know, like, I've got two kids as well. Like, I'm just like, I've, I got a family, and I'm like, but there's no, like, if I worry, they worry. And then everyone around us worries. And then as a collective population, our immune system drops. Mm. And that's our only line of defense right now. That's it. Mm. You can't take Panadol for it. You can't take Nurofen for it. You can't get a jab at the doctors for it. You literally right now, your first and only line of defense right now is your immune system. And John, you know the answer to this. 
What takes down our immune system? Stress. So, so hold on there. Let's back up because, right. So, so I want to, I want to go, I want to back up a little bit because it's like, okay, yes, we get this right. So if we're stressed, if we follow the news now, the other side of the coin is understandably, and I, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's okay for someone to feel something right now, mm. right? That's not going to be rainbows and honey and sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. What's the move, right? So if you're listening and it's like, okay, I've run a, let, let's, let's go to some of my clients, right? People that I work with, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a studio owner, something like that. News comes out, which was coming, mm. comes out all non it's basically the same exact case as what you said. Basically, business as usual canceled, so to speak. You can change, pivot, or whatever. Um, now we know stress is going to cut immune system. We know we we want to cultivate more relaxed way of being, and we're still stressed and X Y Z anxious. It's coming. What then? What's your what do you what do you think about that? Um, oh God, that's no better. Does that make sense? Like, I was just trying to kind of like, well, that's bright. Um, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to sort this out for you, mate. Sorry. Just so people don't have to wear sunglasses while they watch this. It'll just be on that's audio. A, oh, it's, oh, that's right. Sorry. Um, yeah, hundred percent understand where you're coming from. And the thing is, is, I mean, I've got friends, uh, I got friends at the moment where like quite literally their businesses, uh, you know, they're just, they're just done. Uh, the industry that they're in means that, um, they have no other option but to close down. Uh, some, some of them it's for a short period. Sometimes some of them it's indefinitely. So it's a really tough time. It's a really tough time for people. And, that's a really good point that you make. Um, it is okay. <clears throat> it is okay to have those feelings. Um, it is okay um, to feel despair for something that you've worked really hard for that may now be gone. But once again, getting back to the controlling the controllables, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what, uh, the fear for the future, the anxiety and all that sort of stuff does is really, really uh, affects your internal environment. And I suppose, you know, from my point of view, I, I, I just know that we're going to get out of this. Mm. It's just a period of time. And so there's a fair bit of just kind of like trying to hang on, I think, from my point of view and not go into the world is is done or Australia is done for business. Um, And so what I am trying to do, and and even as a part of my meditation is I do um, a a lot of visualization. I always have. Um, I program my subconscious for good outcomes and it's never let me down that, you know, other people call it different things, law of attraction. Um, I can't remember the other ones, but this one's a little bit different because I actually program it into my subconscious and there's actual science behind it now. Um, reticular activating system where, uh, you, you actually are programming and your brain searches for those results and things will come. And so I've done it in sport. Uh, I've done it in my business and 
it has never let me down because I see it so clearly and I believe in it. And then my brain searches for it. And so with my meditation, uh, since I've been back in Australia, it's all been about uh, me and my family getting through this. So I picture it and I picture the Pressure Project brand. And that's, um, that's not me trying to throw it out there uh, for promo. Um, but I picture it still being strong on the other side of this. And so that puts my mind at ease as well because I'm constantly putting that in there yeah. instead of the alternatives. The alternative is, oh my God, I've worked for the last two and a half, three years to get this company to where it is now and it's all going to fall in a heap. Now, if you keep saying that to yourself, that's what's going to happen. Well, and I think- Because I you'll think, find it, yeah. I think you that go. might be, um, I think it's called bottom-up psychology, which is where you have a, a perception or an expectation and then you look for- a stimulus from your sense to uh, qualify that previously formed uh, expectation. So like, I know Adam's a nice guy. I get on the conversation. I'm expecting nice guy behavior. I see the nice guy in Adam, even if he does seem a little, mm. bit, little bit odd, I kind of like mm. ignore that. And then, you know what I mean? So I play that out and I, I'm actually- I definitely do things odd. <laughs> That's true. So I'm I'm seeking things to to confirm this perception or bias. And yes, yes. if I'm a, if I believe the first part of what's coming from say mainstream media, mm. and then I run with that a little bit more and translate that onto my business, then all of a sudden I start looking for more to confirm the same perception. And what you're saying is kind of like through your meditation, you're creating the other almost expectation or perception in the subconscious. Mm. So Most now you're, I, yep, you go. Well, I guess now you, now your actions can confirm the positive outlook. So you can start to look for things to positively re reiterate that visualization that you've created. Right. Most definitely. And I think, you know, I, me, myself personally, maybe say five years ago, uh, I, I would have been in a world of hurt. Um, this for me, and, and even when I went through my spates of depression, which I talk about very openly, and which is why I love doing what I do, because I help people with that, is uh, this actually would have been like an excuse for me. Uh, I would have I would have actually probably enjoyed this to some degree, because I would have been like, oh, well, if my business doesn't do well, it's because of outside influences. It's not my fault. So in a way, I feel like sometimes in society, we get a little bit, we like look for the victim, like to be the victim. We want to, like sometimes we want to be in that victim mentality. We want to have an excuse. We, as opposed to just going, no, this sucks. I wish the coronavirus was not around, but I can only control what I'm doing in this present moment, right here, right now. And so what can I do right here, right now that can help my current situation? Now, it doesn't even have to be business. Like yesterday, I just, I just went like, do you know what? I'm not, I'm not really feeling much traction with what I'm doing um, at the, at the computer right now. And I looked outside and I went, man, 
my yard, I've been away for so long, it's so overgrown. I, and I just put out this message to friends of mine. I was like, who's got, who's got like chainsaws and stuff? Like, <laughs> oh, I need some of that stuff. Yeah. And then next minute I had like all of these people from my freediving group going, brother, in two hours, you're going to have a chainsaw, a brush cutter, uh, this, that, and the other. And two hours later, I had that. And I was like, I was in my yard. And, I, and now my yard looks amazing. Now, if the coronavirus didn't hit, or if I came back to Bali and it was all status quo, let me tell you, John, my yard would still be overgrown. Mm. I would have been bloody going for a surf or doing something. Uh, so, like, there's... It's that silver lining. It's that making bloody lemonade from lemons. It's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, all that stuff that people don't necessarily like to hear because it is very cliche and it is very, you know, watch a Hollywood movie and they say that sort of stuff. But like, that's kind of what you got to do, eh? You just yeah. got to find something, whether it's, hey, this is an, a, an opportunity to put more time into my kids or this is an opportunity to reach out to people that I never talk to because I've got time or, you know, it's um, because if you stay in that victim mentality or that mentality where, oh, this is an excuse for me to just sit back and do nothing. Like today I had some of the biggest wins in my business that I've had in the last 12 months, which just where I just was like fist pumping going, yes. And like, I shouldn't be doing that. Right. If I watch the news, I shouldn't be doing that. I should be curled up in a ball on the couch watching Netflix, hoping that someone comes up with a cure. Mm. Like, I shouldn't be doing that. Like, I should be in fear. And I even came up with what I reckon is my best catchphrase so far. Don't buy into the fear. Just stay clear. I think you've no? just nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, to go off track just a little bit, like the coronavirus isn't actually that good at passing from human to human if you do some really simple things. Mm. Like it's not airborne. Like bird, SARS, swine, they were that, like, are they airborne? Like that, that, that actually would scare me more because I could be sitting here on my deck and a breeze could bring it in and I could sniff it up and could get it. I was right now sitting on my deck alone. Like the chances of me getting coronavirus are almost center of a donut. I have to yeah. literally breathe up someone's sneeze or cough, get it up there somehow, or touch a surface that they have sneezed on or coughed and put their hand on and then not wash my hands and then grab something in my hand to eat and put it in my mouth to get coronavirus. Like it's not that good at transferring. And so like this absolute just fear, I just like, well, how? I just don't, I really, I must admit, and this might be, people may really challenge me, but I just am not fearful of it at all because I know that if I get it, it's really because I've done something stupid. Like at the moment, I'm like, hey, I'll just stay here for 14 days. That's cool. Uh, I'll wash my hands a lot. Uh, you know, I'm like, this is going to be okay. I don't have my kids at the moment, obviously, because they're, I've got to stay away from them. Um, but, you know, I talk to them on the phone. I'm just like, wash your hands every two seconds, guys. You know, it's going to be okay. Um, 
you know, I looked online last night because I had some people going like, oh, you know, it's irresponsible to not tell people to worry. And I was like, okay, well, there's a thousand cases or it was like a thousand and ninety eight. And so I did the mathematical factual exercise of dividing that by the population of Australia. And I worked out that 0.00004% of the population are confirmed having it. Now, even if it's twice as much as that because they haven't been tested or three times as much, there's still a lot of O's in front of how many people actually have it in Australia. Mm. So I think we I'm, have, I think we have two, it's kind of almost a few different fronts to this. It's sounding like, you know, when you talk about, of course, mm. you've got like the, the numbers, the science, the, the, um, the health conversation in terms of, you know, now that we know what we know, what do we do? How do we mitigate it, et cetera. And then we've got the, um, you know, there's a guy, his name's Jonah Berger. He talks about, I think his book's called Contagion, talks about, um, it's usually for business, uh, how to evoke emotions to create virality. So mm. certain emotions that are on the end of the spectrum. So fear is one, but then also inspiration and extreme joy and laughter is another one. Mm. Whereas mm. just relax is in the middle. So when it's, it's either end of the spectrum, we tend to share it. Mm. So when it's coronavirus, we share the crap out of it because it's, of mm. course, extreme fear. But I guess my question where I was going with that is, if we look at this, this fear side, this narrative, this, you know, whether that's the economic one or the contagion one or the corona one, can you take us through, I know you've been sharing some even breathwork practices or breath attention stuff, and you mentioned your meditation before, What's some specifics that you might guide someone through, take someone through? What do you do for your practice when you wake up? Like in terms mm. of that stuff you're talking about before, the mindset, the <clears throat> optimism, the perspective. Yeah. So, I mean, for people who are new to meditation, I'm very soft on them. Um, whereas the school that I came from with meditation was like, you got to sit cross-legged. You've got to be completely straight up and down, upright with good posture. And really it's got to be a minimum of 20 minutes. Uh, there's all, there's all sorts of rules. Um, and so for most people, they very instantly feel like it's unachievable. So it, it, in a way it's kind of like if you wanted to learn to surf, it's kind of like going to someone and they said like, Hey, the only way you learn to surf is go out in 20 foot jaws and just do your best, bud. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, people would just go, well, I'm not doing that because that's not within my capability. So my, <clears throat> the way that I coach anyone who wants to get into meditation or free diving or whatever is uh, start small and chunk it up a bit. We're used to, especially in Australia and in Western world, we're used to having like um, running diaries or running things where our world is kind of like organized. And so I start people small where like, I'll just take them through uh, breath and we'll, I'll guide them for five minutes. And you know, the main thing is, is that we can affect our nervous system with three to five minutes of breathing. So you're having a panic attack, do this for three to five minutes and you'll be okay. Uh, if you're super stressed, 
do this for three to five minutes and you'll be okay. Like it is so simple and yet no one ever teaches us this stuff. You know, I look back on uh, the biggest portion of my life and I think, why didn't I know this before? Something so simple. Why didn't anyone ever just sit me down and go, this is what you can do. And we spoke about it yesterday, you know, where a very Aussie way of doing it is like, just F and breathe, mate. You know, when you're a bit stressed out or you're getting hyped up about something, people go like, just F and breathe. And I, there's obviously a swear word in there. If you, like F and isn't something we say, but, um, <laughs> you know, like, and, and there's something so raw and simple about that that is actually missed where, you know, it was just something that was said, like, you know, for example, when you're in depression, people would go, oh, I've got chin up. You know, people just mm. say that. But there's something actually behind that. And I think we've, there's, there's actually probably in the history of, of that, that term, um, you know, just bloody breathe, mm. you know, you're, you're stressing out too much. I think there's something behind that that we actually are missing today. We may be <laughs> missing the tone, yeah, the tone, the tone shifted well, or something. The tone shifted or we don't actually understand, but it's so true. Like, you can completely... And the thing with breath and, and why I'll probably talk more about breath than anything else is because if I start talking about mantras or doing body scans or love practices that some, you know, meditation, that, that's when people get a bit lost. But breath is something that's so easy to attach to because we do it all day, every day. And it's really the only human response that we can, that will happen unconsciously despite us but also that we can consciously shift second by second. Hmm. So right now, if I want to hyperventilate, I can. <laughs> so right now, doing this podcast with you, John, like I'm not breathing properly because I have to talk a lot. Hmm. So in fact, my system's not in a great space right now. Thanks very much, John. That's what I'm letting you do. <laughs> exactly. You're all rancho relaxo back there. Um, no, no. But uh, so we, we have the ability to consciously change this, which will consciously change uh, our, our nervous system. Now, our nervous system is everything, hey? Like if we're in our sympathetic, which some of the listeners may not know, but sympathetic is our stress. Um, part of the autonomic nervous system, right? It's our stress zone. And that, like, you would have felt this if you ever had to do some public speaking. You don't like public speaking. There's no saliva in your mouth, which is not actually good for us. You know, saliva is a good thing. And you've got to build up a saliva. It's there to break stuff down. Your heart rate increases. Your digestion slows or gets switched off. Your immune system is suppressed. Now think about this coronavirus world, like your immune system suppressed. Now, if you don't believe me, ask surgeons that transplant organs into their patients. Guess what they do before they do that? They inject stress hormones into the human body so that the immune system is suppressed so that it doesn't attack that new organ, whether it's a kidney or a liver or whatever. So you think about this worry and this fear mongering and the, the language that's on the media, which is all about instilling anxiety and things. We are basically like, they, they probably don't realize they're doing it, but the media 
are basically suppressing everyone's immune system, which is our only line of defense right now. Mm. Can we talk about you just oh, sorry, make... going back to the breath. Yeah. Yes. So some very simple things you can do. And what I would urge people to do is if you don't have a practice already is start really small. Like if three minutes is your max, that's cool. Just build from there. Um, I would say if you can get out five minutes, get five minutes out. Um, very simple, very easy to do this. Um, and it's based on just a few core things that will stimulate what's called the vagus nerve. Now, we only have scratched the surface on this nerve. It's the longest nerve in the human body. Um, it's responsible for putting us in that other system, not the sympathetic stress one. It's responsible for activating the parasympathetic nervous system, which is nicknamed our rest, digest and regenerate. Now, some people never get to this system until you hear the chick of a beer at the end of the day or they go to sleep. So they quite literally are constantly in their sympathetic zone. And more than ever, this is what's happening at the moment. Um, so some core things. One is breathe through the nose. Okay. And what generally breathing through the nose will do physically for us is it will stop the chest breathing because chest breathing is associated with stress. If you've ever been in a fight, the first thing that starts to happen is your body gears up for it and you start to breathe from the chest. Right? So breathing through the nose generally, and you could do this exercise now, if you really relax your body down and breathe through the nose, you should actually start to activate your diaphragmatic muscles or your intercostal muscles and your belly should start to do the work. So just take a couple of seconds to try this. So the breathing through the nose generally will uh, activate the, the diaphragmatic breath. So no, nasal breathing, um, belly breathing with the nasal breathing, and then lengthening your exhale. These three core things, um, sorry, sorry, we need to add a fourth. Fourth is closing your eyes. Mm. Okay. Closing your eyes is um, very significant because in an environment where you're not safe, you would never close your eyes. So closing your eyes in an environment, no matter where it is, signals to your brain that where you currently sit, you are safe. Mm. This is why in a freediving setting, quite often, when I'm laying on the surface of the ocean, I'm about to dive what most people would think is stupid deep, and why the hell would you want to go there? I close my eyes down because my brain or the signals that it gets is that, Hey, we must be safe here. There's no need for alarm. Do you close them the whole <coughs> dive? Just on a side note. For most of the dive. Yes. Just kind just, of open, just, open them a little bit. I open them every now and then just to make sure that I'm still close to the line. Yeah. Because uh, I want to be close to that line. If any, yeah. if at any point uh, something happens, I can just grab the line. Um, but for the most part, my eyes are closed down. I don't wear a mask. I just have a nose clip on, and I'm just making sure I'm equalising my ears. The rest, 
is about relaxing the body and being in the parasympathetic zone because I know that's my best chance of reaching the surface. Um, mm. And this is the thing. This is the thing I love about free diving is when you get to that point where you're starting to push the limits of what your human body is capable of. And we still don't know, like I still don't know what my body is capable of. Um, I'm starting to get some kind of understanding that it's a pretty cool little weapon. Um, but the thing with free diving, as opposed to any other sport that I can kind of think of right now is that there is simply no room for stress. You cannot have it. In fact, if you were stressed on the surface or if I was stressed on the surface, I would have bought the dive. I would say, thanks very much for coming, everybody, safety team, judges, fans, whatever. But I, I can't dive because I'm stressed. Mm. Because the, the, the repercussions for diving when stressed are, are just too high. But the thing that we don't realize in our everyday life on land is that the, those repercussions are just as high, if not more, because it's more consistent. Mm. Because we stress for far longer periods of time, which, like I, I keep saying, suppresses our immune system. And in an age where we're dealing with the, the, possibly, or in my time, the biggest uh, virus or whatever, or the most um, talked about one, the fact that we're actually buying into the fear hmm. is actually suppressing our only line of defense right now. And if you actually told someone that, they'd be like, oh, wow, really? Is that really what's going on? That can't be right. It's like it's a hundred percent right. Hmm. Um, I think it's, I think though it's a, you know, I think effectively when I listen to this, cause I, I agree with a lot of it. I actually want to talk about one, thing you mentioned in there, but this whole thing, I think is a practice, you know, I think what you've spoken about, because say, say I had no idea what you're talking about and then I hear it. Right. And I go mm. tomorrow morning, Tuesday, and mm. I do my breathing. I don't look at the news for a little bit. Mm. My posture, my, my habit, my habit may not yet be cultivated to keep me on that trajectory so that if the habit is to return to language that's limiting or the habit is to return to the mainstream media, whatever it is, uh, mm. over and over and over, then you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a, not an overnight thing. I think when I, when I listen to it, it's like this, through free diving, through the daily meditation, through the awareness, through talking about it through months or weeks or a year or whatever, you've got this uh, cultivation of the awareness, right? Mm. And I think getting back to, okay, so you've got those four core things, right? Um, and this is where you start to build a habit of dealing with stress fear, anxiety, depression, whatever, whatever is going on in your life right now, you, you start to build some new habits or some new ways. Uh, it's like teaching your brain a new way yes. of dealing with stuff. Yeah. And because and, our brains are very habitual. They will act this. And this is why they say like leopards don't change their spots or, you know, um, someone's a cheater. Once a cheater, always a cheater. All this kind of stuff is because, you know, like 
our brains are very habitual with things that they do and like and dislike and all the rest of it. So, you know, mindfulness or, or meditation is, is just simply like you start and what you're trying to do is kind of like show your brain a new way of a new coping strategy. And so, you know, those four things that I told you about, they will, uh, if you do that breathing. And so if you were to do that right now, what I would say is find a chair or sit cross-legged on the ground, if you like, uh, or lay down in the beginning. That's fine. Eventually you want to get away from laying down though, because laying down signals to the brain sleep. So it's much easier to get there. So you want to eventually get to the point where you're sitting in a chair with your feet on the floor, palms up, because palms up is very significant. That's positive body language. Anyone through history that you've seen presenting with their hands out like so, or we'll, <laughs> with the palm out or pointing, they're dictators, people. <laughs> so positive body language, and you'll see most Western I'm going to call leaders. you up on that if I ever see it. <laughs> <laughs> I have pointed a few times here, and I've actually been like, oh, don't do that. Um, but positive world leaders uh, always address people with palms out because from a point of view of like when we were all cavemen and women um that meant you had no weapons so but from a meditation point of view it's like receiving the world and positive um uh, body language so for me i find a park bench a seat anywhere i have my feet flat on the floor i have my palms up i'm in good posture uh not rigid but in good posture because Good posture signals to my brain that I'm confident as well. I close down my eyes, which tells my brain that I'm in a safe place. I breathe through the nose and I belly breathe and I lengthen my exhale. And I just continue that, okay? Um, that will then stimulate the vagus nerve. Now, here's one of the kickers. If you get a thought, like let's say I'm a minute into this and I'm breathing and I'm just focusing on my breath going in and out. If I get a thought, I just, I don't react to it. I just go, huh, oh, thanks brain. But right now we're breathing and I'm not too concerned with that thought now, but thank you anyway. So you're acknowledging it. You're not reacting to it. You're not getting any emotional response to it. You're just kind of like a bug hitting your windscreen if you're driving along. Get the water on it, wipe it with the windscreen wipers. Sorry, all the bugs out there, but just it's gone and keep driving. If that makes sense. So thoughts come, reconnect with the breath. Now there's a couple of things you can do on top of that to help with this. You can count in and out. So one of the things I quite often do for people that are really struggling is I go, okay, I need you to count your inhale mm -hmm. and then once you get to the top of your inhale i want you to try and actually double that exhale so if i'm sitting here and i'm like okay in that's roughly four seconds on the way out through your mouth or nose i don't mind with the exhale i want you to try and do eight seconds out and count it in and count it out and count it in and count it out. Counting means it's not possible to be in your fear center because to be able to count, you need to use your pre, the part of your brain, prefrontal cortex, 
which is responsible for conscious thought, problem solving, et cetera, et cetera. Which is why right at the end of say, what's called a static breath hold in free diving. So, you know, I might be at a five and a half minutes of holding my breath face down in a pool. I bring myself nice and tight to the side of the pool and I start to count. I just one, two, three, four, five. And then I check in with how I'm feeling. Do I need to come up? Am I really so far in a hypoxia that, you know, I might actually have a little nap here. I check in, I go, I've got a little bit more. One, two, three, four, five. Check in again. Because I know that that's actually bringing me away from, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I need air, I need air, I need air. It's just yeah. distracting my brain away for those five seconds. And just interesting, not like if you're listening to this, just as Adam was counting, and it's probably now become almost habit, but when he was counting, you can't see it because you're, you're on the podcast, but he was three quarters closing his eyes. So when you were counting each time you went to five, you went one, two, and his eyes would almost shut almost habitually at that same time. Uh, yeah, well, is, that's I something I, I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like but you, see, it's like you account and just you, you almost, you almost were going into that like just relaxation in the on the podcast. Like, well, the the brain's an amazing thing. You teach it to do things, and it'll 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 keep that. So that's probably just something that over time has become my new habit of when I start to count. Like my brain probably just went, oh shit, here he goes again. He's going to try and hold his breath for a long time. Mm. Um, so it starts gearing up for it. So that's a, uh, thanks very much, mate. That's cause you know, that's something that I, I've never realized or no one's ever, uh, been able to pick up on. So I'll just see, see what happens. You do these things and you learn stuff. Well, see, the eye thing is interesting to me. And I wanted to share this with you too. When I was back in New Zealand, uh, where I do a lot of spearfishing and I had gone to Killsby with you and while we were <clears> filming, I was listening, right? Like how much I could pick up little bits. And the biggest thing that I picked up was uh, just the focus on the relaxation on the surface. This is a little bit of a tangent if you listen to the podcast. And so when I went back and I decided on this trip to focus on deeper spearfishing than normal. So we went to different locations, um, not as big target fish, but deeper with more time. And so the two things that I brought into it was that relaxation just to another level on the surface with almost closing the eyes. And then on the dive, um, not fully closing the eyes, but watching the spear in my hand and almost closing the eyes. So like mm. basically almost shutting off the vision, but still seeing where the bottom was, where I was going to level out. Mm. And that eye thing was... Um, Oh, way more time between those two things, way more time on the bottom. And, and look, I, that's, way less that's stressful a, that's, too, way more yeah. fun, less stressful. I just felt after I got out, I was like, wow, felt completely different. That's, that's awesome. And that's, you know, that's, um, I mean, spearfishing is free diving with a gun. Um, so there's so much crossover there, but that's really good to hear. And, and, you know, when I, that's some of the stuff that I took across to free diving, uh, sorry, to spearfishing when I had done free diving was, well, I was never actually that relaxed with spearfishing. 
in mm. fact it was it was more i was more you know because i grew up out west and uh you know I'd, I'd come from hunting i'm not much of a hunter anymore but i'd come from hunting and hunting was it was not about relaxation mm. it was like it was the chase you know what i mean it was the jump in the land cruiser and grab that shotgun and quickly get after these things and jump off the land cruiser and be running along and then stop and prop and aim. And, and so I think I took a little bit of that into my spear fishing to begin with, if there's any spearers listening to this. And, and so the quality of your dive, and I say this with all of my free divers and it's the same with spearing, the quality of your dive is directly commensurate with what relaxation you can find at the surface. Mm. If you can't find it at the surface, you will not find it at the bottom. Mm. Uh, so it, it's super important. And, and but this is this is like a this is why I love freediving as a microcosm for life. It's the same with on land. If you're about to go into a meeting, and you're five minutes out, and you're sitting there, and you know the meeting is about some kind of you know, some stuff that's gone on with your colleagues, for example, and you know it's going to be heated at some point. If you can't get to a space of relaxation before you go into that meeting, that meeting potentially is going to be explosive. If you can, in those five minutes before you walk in there, center yourself, even do some of the breathing that I just spoke about, uh, you'll find that the outcomes will be much, much better. Uh, I find that with my public speaking. If I start where I've been able to control myself and control my nervous system and, you know, I'll quite often do something called alternate nostril breathing um, because it's a real easy way to take your mind off what's about to happen. It's very good for you and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um but I find that if I walk up onto the stage extremely calm, that hour-long public speaking session flows. Mm. If I don't and I let my nervous system get a little bit carried away, uh, I quite often I'll, I will miss uh, bits of information that they should know, that I should be giving them. But I'm, my brain's just so bang, 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 bang. And then I just... I get to the end of my hour and I walk off stage and I go, damn it, this corporation, this company, this sporting team, this whatever it is, they really should have known that. They really need to know that. And I, I, I missed it. Hmm. And I usually don't miss it. And so I'll literally send an email to whoever hired me and go like, hey, look, I'm really sorry, but there was a really valid message or big message in there that your people should have known and i apologies uh for not doing it on the day but can you please pass this on and they're always super good about it they're always like adam mate we got so much out of it like don't stress and i'm like no 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 i understand but this is really significant and may actually be you know that last piece of the the jigsaw puzzle for someone and if they don't get anyway i'm going off yeah, so your, your perception, your, your perception, your ability to see <clears throat> what they needed was contingent on your physiology and nervous system being relaxed. Correct. Yeah. So if you're um, if you're in business now and you need to pivot, create change, adjust for whatever's going on, 
your ability to do that well will be basically contingent on your ability to tune into your nervous system, relax it in the face of mainstream media. Effectively the same thing, yeah? What you're saying. Uh, you know, I, I spoke to a mate of mine who owns a coffee shop. Um, and I just finished my meditation. I was feeling super zen. The zen master I was this morning. And uh, he rang me up. He said, mate, man, I think I might have to shut the doors. And I was like, oh, dude, that's no good. Talk to me. He's like, well, you, did you see Scott Morrison last night? I said, of course not. I don't want to listen to that rubbish. He's like, well, well, you know, like congregating, like I always have heaps of people. And anyway, he rattled off all this stuff that, you know, is going to affect his business. And I said, oh, well, you know, how many people are you now employing? And he's like, oh, you know, I've only had to let go of a couple, but, you know, I've still got X person. I said, okay, so... So, but what can you do? He's like, oh, mate, it's just ruined my business. And I was like, well, there's people like me who still want coffee. Um, I was like, why don't you? I was like, do you have a push bike or something? He's like, why? I was like, well, why don't, why don't you just start doing like home delivery takeaway for this area? He's like, oh, but how would I do that? I'm like, mate, it's your coffee shop. Think about mm. it. Mm. And he went, oh, I've got a scooter. I was like, put a tray on the back of the scooter where coffees can be loaded in. Start advertising that you'll home deliver. You don't have to go into their home if you're worried about coronavirus. But tell them that, you know, you're going to be wearing gloves or whatever or don't come out with a face. I, I don't know. That's not, it's not my coffee shop. But start to just think, man. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, yes. don't, be, don't be so reactive to what's going on. Respond. Don't react. Respond in a calm way because the alternative is just going to make you sick. might not be coronavirus. You'll probably just get a flu or something, but you'll run yourself into the ground worrying about what's going to happen before it's happened. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, well, man, I think, you know, we probably have covered a big chunk I think, you know, one thing that I see at the moment is that a lot of us, a lot of people out in the streets um, know intellectually a lot of what we've spoken about. Mm. And at the same time, I think there's still a lot of tension being experienced. So I guess mm. what I would say is like, even if you're fine, even if you're cool, uh, if you're across the media and if you're across what's going on, you know, some little extra time with the breathing, some little extra time with this stuff, I think will pay dividends to your health, your ability to function, your ability to create. Because, you know, even me, like we're talking about this and it's very clear intellectually, I'm doing a little more practice, you know, a little more breath work in the morning, a little more meditation, mm. uh, a little more walking, just because I know that at some level down there, it will be, you know, it will be, um, you know, it will, it will be felt, I guess, perceived. Mm. Um, so I think you doing your, your IGTV, your IGTVs and your videos really, really cool. And there's a lot of places people can go, even though studios might be closed. So, you know, you, you took us through a great little practice there. So I think that's really helpful. Anything else you want to add, you know? No, mate, just, 
you know, really, I'm I'm just super appreciative that uh, you did this um, because you're spreading a good message through your channel, and mate, people need this. People need some some hope. Uh, people need some positivity, and people need to know that there is another way. And you know, unfortunately. You know, the media, the, the the TV channels, the newspapers, they have a bit bigger reach, but mate, if we can affect if we can have an effect on one person who can change the person next to them who changes the person next to them and their family, well then, you know, maybe we make a dent in this thing. Mm. I'm I'm incredibly optimistic with where we're at. I think we've got to see this through, of course. There's a lot going on right now. Uh, but I couldn't be more bullish for the next couple of years ahead. Uh, I think there's a lot mm. of really cool stuff happening. A lot of really smart people doing really cool things. The culture's in a great place. Yeah, we've got to deal with this. We've got to get through this, but um, yeah. I'm It'll make good. us stronger. It'll make us stronger, mate. That's, yeah. that's what these things do. We just, you just got to go. It's like, it's like trying to build bigger biceps. To begin with, you, <laughs> you lift that big heavy thing up and it hurts. And it's actually tearing muscle fibers and your muscles are bleeding internally. And you go through that next day of like, oh man, my bicep. And then all of a sudden it's re repairs and it's stronger. That's a funny thing, humans. Yeah. Okay, man, that's it, uh, I think. So if you're listening, <laughs> Uh, you can find Adam. I'll tag him, obviously, but Pressure Project on Instagram. Uh, the Pressure Project on your website, isn't it? Yeah, The Pressure Project on Facebook. Um, and then, yeah, thepressureproject.com.au. I do have some of these like little breathwork stuff and some meditations that are very new. So please, um, they're probably not the greatest quality, but. Uh, uh, on YouTube, you just search Adam Sellers and there'll be some little, uh, you, you'll see some little positive videos on there where you can, I guide you through some meditations. And I was just going to say, I, I got a message uh, before, you know, I put that story up and if anyone had comments and um, one person wrote back and their comment was that just having seen, because in the story, I, I led it and just said, you know, now might be a time to breathe. Just did a breath on the camera. Mm. And mm. she wrote that the, 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 the mirror neurons, you know, the seeing of someone else breathing was helpful. So I think what you're mm. doing is really cool and allow maybe us to follow, follow you into the breathing. Um, because in a culture where we know, we know, we know, we've, we've heard about it, you know, it's yeah. another thing to follow, to do together, to slow down, you know? Um, mm. So I think that's really cool, man. Uh, that's it. There's anyone listening. There's a really cool project we've got going on as well. Longer term project with Adam. Uh, that's a really cool film coming up later in the year. There'll be more out on that coming soon. Some more stuff we can release about that, but that's really exciting. And, uh, I know Killsby got canceled. It sounds like obviously because of what's going on, but for anyone listening as well, check out Freediver or even if you're just interested in this and interested in stepping into freediving, I can say firsthand that that was a really, really cool experience. And even though I wasn't able to fully be in it, 
uh, just what I observed. It was super powerful and really cool. Thanks, man. Awesome. See you next time. See you. And that's it for this episode of the Access Potential Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Thank you so much for listening as always. If you had any questions, comments, or otherwise, send them along to john at johntmarsh.com. Love to hear from you. Love to hear what's going on. Always appreciate feedback on the podcast. And thanks again. I'll see you on the next one.